You are listening to a special edition episode of the Okiki Podcast. On today's episode, I get to interview a local business owner who's not only a local business owner, he also happens to be a venture capitalist and is preparing to launch at least 25 brands by the end of 2021. How is this possible? Well, you'll have to listen to our episode to learn more about his process. By the way, if you have been enjoying the Okiki podcast, please do me a huge favor and follow me on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow me on Spotify. And if you're liking the show, be sure to leave me a rating as well. And on with the episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. So that's how we came up with the concept of the shop. 
So we mixed the candy with edible cookie dough from LA, and then we also brought in Dippin' Dots from the States, okay? And then we also brought in Paletas from Latin America. So that's how we came up with this concept. But yeah, I think my team's really innovative, educational background. I don't know that there's, like I have a, an MBA, so yeah, yeah. I have a background in business. Right, just generally. Yeah, yes. just generally. Yeah. But I think my project management experience has just been gained over the years uh, through different positions I've held and things like that. Yes. And now I use it as a venture capitalist to use my money to launch different things. Yeah. I feel like you just really dropped a lot of golden gems just in that because just seeing how you're like, we want to bring something different, but we want to test the market. So you literally have a location where you test things and see whether it's worth expanding on. But it sounds like you're kind of on track to being a serial entrepreneur potentially with that kind of method. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you most of our business ventures in yeah. Saskatchewan are kind of housed around e-commerce. For example, one of our companies is one of Amazon's top 1,000 global sellers, for example. And now we're getting more into designing and manufacturing our own different products and brands. Yeah, so most of the things that we do, you won't even see in-store because we don't have a physical location. It all happens out of a warehouse and online. But this is an example of one of our physical locations of an actual business in town. Right. Yeah. And that's so interesting too because as a team you've innovated in e-commerce. Obviously e-commerce is so huge right now. And I would say the Amazon space, I don't know a lot of people in the city who are that active on it. I know of one consultant who's my friend actually who does Amazon e-commerce trading. But the level you're talking about where you're one of the top selling brands, you clearly built out your way and then just pivoting to looking at what else can we make for people to experience in real time, in real life. So I guess I wanted to go back to these concepts then because it seems like you just want to see where's the, where the lucrative opportunities, where are the creative opportunities. So why candy? Why ice cream? Why was that something you thought could really take off? You know what, it's something, I, I'm fortunate to be able to travel lots and in my travels over the years, every big city you go to has like these beautiful like sweet treat shops, okay? And we found this brand out of the States called Candy Club, okay? And they're a huge subscription service based on Amazon, okay? So we were at a networking event and we met the CEO of that and they're not in the Canadian market. So we made a deal to exclusively sell their products in Canada. We also sell them on Amazon.ca, okay? okay. We send out the subscription boxes on there, but we thought, you know what, let's test out the market and see how it actually does in this market. Right. And it did incredible. Right. So that's how we kind of built on that. Now, the other thing in business that I'm all about is different revenue streams. Okay, and I, if there's one thing the pandemic taught me, it's to not rely on just one stream of revenue right. in a business, right? <laughs> right? So that's why we said, okay, let's kind of expand a little bit and put multiple concepts into this, okay? And what a lot of people don't know is this is going to be a business that constantly innovates. So come the fall, we've got new concepts that are coming in here, okay? Wow. Then come the winter, we're putting new concepts in. Right. You know, around the holidays, new concepts, things like that. And then, for example, Dippy Dots and the Palettas are doing so well, we'll probably bring them back for next summer. Okay. But I think you would be mistaken to think that we're going to maintain the same levels of revenue for ice cream and especially Dippin' Dots that are housed at minus 40 degrees in December as we're going to in July, right? So that's where you got to innovate and constantly be changing in business and coming up with new concepts to keep things fresh. Right. So right here, what you see now in three months will be completely different. 
That is so incredible. You, again, just dropped another point, is how do you innovate with what's in demand in a given moment? Now, I must admit, coming into the store and given most of how most retail, I think, works in the city, I assume this is just it. Like, this is it. But you're telling me it's really going to evolve, it's going to change, it's going to adapt. And then, similarly, I want to bring in your other uh, company as well, the Boutique. Now, I noticed that right away because I personally always wanted to ride Mutez and it, it reminds me of like Europe and things like that. But when I saw it in the city, I was shocked. I think it was on TikTok I saw it. And I was like, oh my goodness, they have this here and with all our bridges, everything, I just think it's perfect. So again, what was the <laughs> catalyst for that? Was that a testing thing? Is, is it a testing thing right now? Um, what was the process into bringing that into the city? It is, so that's a good question. So we've been lobbying provincial and city governments in Saskatoon and Regina and Saskatchewan for just about a year wow. to bring in shared micromobility. Okay, so if you go yeah. to any big cities, like for example, Calgary is a great example. Yes. You know how they have all the little scooters? Yes. And you use an app, you scan it, you put your credit card in there, it's 30 cents a minute, whatever, and you ride around. The cool thing with that is that they're all over the city, yes. and you can leave them wherever you want. Now, it's going really well, so both Saskatoon and Regina have basically agreed to create frameworks to allow us to bring shared micromobility to the city. However, you know, yeah. sometimes government works a little bit slower than private enterprise, okay? <laughs> so we yeah. wanted to work a little bit quicker. So we couldn't get it done for this year. We're looking at probably 2022 or 2023. So that's when we said, okay, how can we do this? The difference was is there's no provincial regulations for e-scooters. But there are provincial regulations for e-bikes. Got it. Okay? okay. So that's why these scooters, although they look like mopeds, they're actually e-bikes. Okay? Oh, because there's only it's under a certain power threshold. You see yes. the little top pedals that nobody uses on the back. Got things it. like that. And because there's those regulations, we were able to launch a business renting out mopeds. Awesome. So we did that out of the boutique. So yes. essentially it is a test. Okay. And it's a test towards future micromobility, shared micromobility in Saskatchewan and Saskatoon and Regina. Wow. Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on lobbying both municipalities towards that. I think that's going to be such an amazing thing for our city and for Regina as well. And even for our tourism. Can you imagine people coming to the city knowing that they can explore our different bridges and different just beautiful scenery along the river. So it's again, super innovative. And I'm incredibly inspired just to hear that process. But again, in your testing, it's also a financial opportunity. And I mean, I would assume from what I've seen around town that this has taken off quite well. People are very excited about it. Yeah, you know what, it's doing really well for us. Our, we've got 24 bikes. They're basically all rented out almost all the time, which is amazing. So I would say it's definitely a success for us. And I think it's a good kind of testing ground to show the city, you know what, people want this. Right. People will like it. Right. You know, to be able to explore our rivers, you know, downtown. Right. drive consumers back into business districts after the pandemic. That's For why sure. I was able yes. to get so much support from executive directors of the three business districts in town towards shared micromobility. And that's one of the reasons that the city backed it and is creating a framework is because if you look at stats from other places in Canada and around the globe, you know, all of them show that 80% of riders end up in business districts within the cities where they're riding. 
So especially, you know, in a time like this where, you know, so many small businesses are not doing well, you know. Especially in the core. 100%. Yes. Know, how do we pull, you know, people back into those core districts mm -hmm. to spend their money and visit local businesses? Yes. And how, sure. like, what better way than with a fun <laughs> way to get into those businesses, totally. right? Totally. So that's one of the reasons that I think it was successful. We were successful in lobbying, um, you know, municipal and provincial governments because you know, we really have the business data and economic data behind it, you know, to give a business case as to why we should do this and why this city should get behind it, you know? Yeah. And so it looks like with the boutique, it's more than just a business opportunity. It's actually going to be a local government partnership in a sense, too. It's hard to say that. Yes, I hope so. But essentially what we need from local government is that framework that we can operate under, you know? Because without that, these scooters, although you see lots of people riding them, it's, they're just kind of skirting the bylaws a little bit as private right. citizens. Right. As a company, you can't do that as much. So yes. that's where we need that framework to be able to operate. But we're excited to launch that hopefully next year or the year after. That's so exciting yeah. and so incredibly inspiring. I wanted to ask too, what was your biggest obstacle in launching both? Considering you're bringing something new, and you went about it a very logical and recommended way as for the viewers like to test the market for sure that's how you really want to go about things but um, what did you feel were some of your biggest obstacles of actually launching it and saying will people actually you know engage in this or were there logistical issues like i'd love to know what was the process that's a good question <laughs> well here's what i can tell you i have an incredible team and the yeah. project manager, her name is Yesenia, that ran the shop projects, she is incredible. We worked really quickly. So, for example, we built this store in two and a half weeks and launched in two and a half weeks. Yeah, it was designed in about a week and a half, built in two and a half weeks. So within a month, we went from concept to actual opening which I can honestly say there's not too many people that can do that or organizations okay. that can do that. So there's always logistical issues when you're pulling things, you know, we pull different things from all over the world, from our lighting to, you know, the mirror to everything that you see in here. I think the biggest thing is to try and coordinate that to all come at one time here to open at the same time. That's probably the toughest thing, but outside of that, my team is very resourceful. They know how to get things done. So. We did well, but outside of that, you know, there were no issues in terms of business. I think in terms of business and marketing strategy, we know how to do that. You know, we have an incredible marketing manager that knows how to, you know, get our products and our companies out to consumers. So I think we do that well. And we had tested the concept in our blogging location, so we knew it was going to work. You know, and we already had, for example, I think like five, 6,000 followers, subscribers on Instagram and different media outlets mm -hmm. to, to try and launch this from there. And it's just grown. So it's done well so far. Fingers crossed it can go. <laughs> That's so cool. It sounds like you avoided a lot of obstacles simply by testing and, and iterating. Yeah. And it also sounds like you have a team that helps with, I think of in tech how they have Scrum and they have Agile. It sounds like your team kind of has that method, but for like even brick and mortar situations, it's just like quickly moving, constantly adapting. Would that be fair to say? 100%. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but for example, like our team in Saskatoon in June alone launched 17 new companies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's not just happening in the no. city. No. Oh my goodness. So, okay. I mean, a lot of the stuff is e-commerce based that you just don't see, but it's successful. We ship packages.
is all around the world and it does well. So we're used to that. We adapt quickly, we move quickly. So far it's going okay, but honestly I'm one person in a much larger team. So these people that you know I'm fortunate enough to work with, they're incredible. They do a great job. They know how to get things done. Um, and I think that's so unique. I mean, you know, even what we created on Broadway with our store that's almost like a launching pad, you know, pop-up retail in bigger cities. You go to New York, you go to Chicago, you go to LA, you see that all over the place, right? But in Saskatchewan, you don't see that. Pop-up retail doesn't exist here. And I know even trying to explain to people what we're trying to do in that store with pop-up retail, and they're saying, oh no, the candy store didn't do well, and it's like, oh, it did incredible. We opened a permanent one, you know? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And you know, what do you mean? It's, it's mopeds now, and it's just like, yeah, you're going to see something new in the fall, you know? Wow, so basically the people in Broadway are going to be constantly surprised as to what's going on. And like you said, it's a different way of thinking about retail. Yeah. We're used to the opening and closing of stores. We're not used to actually thinking, can that be a testing ground? And this is another question that came to mind in light of that. Do you think that's what will save retail in a sense too? Because I know that a lot of your team's businesses are e-commerce based because as we know, that is definitely where the world is headed. But there is this constant struggle of how you make retail work. This location, for example, would be a very good example of a retail location that is thriving. So I guess my question to you is, do you recommend this testing method for retail in the future? I do. You have to have a complete organization built around that, which is very difficult. Okay. And to make it worthwhile, you have to be able to move very quickly. Yeah. Um, so I don't know a lot of people that want to work like we do. You know, like <laughs> okay. we're working 16 hours a day, seven days a week. That's very hard. It's not necessarily sustainable in the long term, but we're able to do it right now mostly because there's nothing else to do. But yes, I do recommend it. Yes, I think this is the future of retail. I think if you want to survive in retail going forward, you need some sort of combination of different revenue streams, right. whether it be e-com, you know, in-person, pop-up. I'll give you an example. This business also has pop-up retail, and we have a food trailer that serves like extreme ice cream that we call Dolly. Okay. And it's down by the riverbank. It's going to be in the food truck more starting tomorrow. It's going to be at the wow. exhibition. It's going to be all over the place. And awesome. that's a pop-up for this location. Okay. So that's where we try and diversify our revenue streams and be all over the place right. to make sure that, you know, if one, for example, let's say the weather's not great here, well, our e is still doing great, you know, right. so then we're getting full revenue from that. Do I think that's the future of retail? Yes, absolutely. I think if you're not diversified like that, you're losing opportunity, number one. Number two, you just might not survive, especially if we go through another shutdown or something like that. Yes. It's hard, you know? Yeah, actually. <laughs> no, truthfully, but no, it's true. The pandemic has taught us like how can you be prepared for all angles, pulling through with the multiple revenue streams. And it also sounds like instead of narrowing your opportunities, why don't you just create more of them? It sounds like your team has a very open, like how many opportunities can we pull from this one opportunity? So I have to ask then, what inspires you as an entrepreneur? Because I'm sure it's not everyone that wakes up every day and thinks, okay, this is how we're gonna do things, this is how we need to innovate. And yeah, how did you find this team of people that think like this and are so inspired and innovative to be able to collectively create something great like this? That's a good question. Well, first off, I'm very fortunate to be able to work with like my personal friends. So I, I tend to hire my friends, and unfortunately, there's not really a stream of 
I guess, people in this type of industry or project managers per se that do this type of thing in Saskatoon. For and sure. it's so different. And you know, yeah. you take someone that you know Yesenia is working on a totally different project now. So yeah. to take her from launching the shops and then to throw her into something that's like a complete 180. From that, I don't know too many people that can adapt that quickly to like a completely different environment. Totally. Um, but I would say we do a lot of training within. You know, okay. one of the reasons I've been successful in my career is I can just adapt to whatever I'm doing and whatever okay. project is going to, yeah. you know, we're going to be working on. Sure. So I think we just kind of trained our own talent. Got it. Uh, but I'm also fortunate to work with my personal friends that have a, a vested interest in the company, right. in each other, to make sure that it's successful. Yes. What motivates us to, to do this? I guess, you know, it's fun, number one. <laughs> yes, you know, definitely. We have fun and we get to work together all day and enjoy ourselves. I think that our products and our, like, I think it's engaging and it's cool. You know, that's the businesses Definitely. that we're in are yes. enjoyable, yeah. you know, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, um, sure. And of course, success, you know, you're motivated by, you know, being able to make money and have fun at the same time and do yeah. all of these things, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, for us anyways, the sky's the limit, you know, as hard as we want to work is as much success as we can achieve. Mm -hmm. I think we've got a winning formula that works for us in terms right. of launches. We do so much that we just kind of know how to do it now. Right. What will be successful. We haven't had a failure yet. I'm hoping that <laughs> it keeps going. Yeah, I think that, I'm hoping that answers your question. Yeah, it does a bit because I don't know uh, how your team dynamic is in, in that sense, but would you consider yourself one of the leading people on the team? Because you talked about training and really investing in those people who are part of your team. And so, yeah, even to go into that, moms, if someone's watching who is trying to start something at the team, what would be some of your advice to them to really empower and, you know, strengthen and encourage the team? Because clearly a team can only go this far with an individual or with individuals when there is that trust and when they are seeing that vision. So, yeah, for sure, I'd love to hear some of your advice on that. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. I mean, hiring good people, I can tell you, I can't remember the last time we actually posted a job on a job day. We always wow. go out and find the talent that we want okay. in-house. Okay, so wow. that's one of our strategies. Okay. Number two, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm young, I'm aggressive, you know, I'm fortunate to be number one in the company and I think I kind of lead that with we always, we're always innovating, we're always growing. Yeah, so yeah, especially yeah. with a lot of the young talent that I have in the company, they're able to grow within the company. They don't need to look elsewhere for opportunities for advancement and things like that. They can find it right under our roof. So I think that really helps me right now anyways. I'm sure I'll get to a point where I don't want to keep growing at this rate, but for right now, anybody can have any opportunities they want within our company. So I think that really helps. I really take care of our team, and that's my job because I believe if I take care of my people, they'll take care of my company. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's kind of how I see it. So that kind of works well. And it's truly like, look, we work hard, and my team's incredible, and we do so much work, but we have fun doing it. And we kind of create that enjoyable work environment that I would say is very unique. It, you know, I think I don't know of another company where everybody's like personal friends too. Yeah. Like all the key players are personal friends. I was going to say, so people say don't hire your friends. So that's a totally different angle than what I'm hearing is that you actually did and yeah. you really invested in them and their personal growth as well. Yes. Yeah. Like, 100%. Now, I mean, here's the thing there's some truth to those things because, you know, hiring your friends, it's like it's a very <laughs> delicate dynamic. 
Okay. Right. You have right. to make sure that, you know, like everybody's always good and everybody's happy and things right. are good. And you've got to make sure that you're bringing the right people into that mix. Mm -hmm. But right now, it really works. And right. in the past, it's really worked. So yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. I think if you do it right, you're going to get better yeah. results than you could ever get because everybody's invested. You know, and they're not just invested in the company, they're invested in each other. Right. And they know if they let the company down, they're letting each other down and future yes. opportunity and all of those things. So, I mean, it really works. Yeah. But I can also tell you that it is also very difficult. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that dynamic would be for everybody. Got it. But I personally love it. It, it works yeah. for you, but yeah. you're not saying everyone should hire their no, friends. No. They should really take their time <laughs> to consider all those dynamics. Yeah. Yes, for sure. You brought up your team too. Are they all a local team? Or are they all over Canada? Is this like... Well, was this a remote situation? <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. So we have companies all over, yeah. uh, but I can tell you our Saskatchewan-based operations, it's all local. Okay. Yeah, okay. so all local from here. You know, I'm, I'm happy to support the local economy and hire locally and, and do all of that. So yeah. yes, we're all based here, which is amazing. There's some incredible talent actually in Saskatchewan. Coming up, right? Yeah. Definitely. I, I feel like I've seen them more and more. <laughs> I personally like going on TikTok for myself. That's like the one place that I feel like I get entertained as a content creator. And yeah, I'm always so inspired to see what people are coming up with. I wanted to ask you, what was like the most difficult thing for you just entering this space in general? Like you said, it sounds like your company is a collective of a lot of companies. So what was the, like, the most challenging thing that happened when you first got into this company in general? And how did you overcome it? Yes, the most difficult thing was probably coming up with all of the different concepts that we were going to work towards. Okay. And it's kind of a work in progress. You know, we started off with the shoe boutique, okay, on Broadway, which became like an e-commerce giant. That's the company that's one of wow. Amazon's top 1,000 global sellers. The okay. shoe boutique. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. That so, is so cool. Congratulations. I was yeah. wondering where it went. I was like, they have this cool shoe store. Yeah, so that's it's so still cool. alive and well. Wow. But what we realized, and so coming into this year, we yeah. looked at all of our data, we found out that we were, you know, doing less than 1% of our volume in our physical storefront. Okay? Oh, wow. And wow. the storefront was still doing good, it was still doing well, however, we were doing so much more business online, we said, you know what, let's switch this up and let's use this to launch other things. I guess the tough part, cycling back to your question, was coming up with the different concepts of what we were going to do. Okay, and building a team around always working on many different things. Right. And it's one thing to launch a company, then you've got to maintain it. Yes. And then you have to innovate to yes. make sure that you're still succeeding. Because if you if you're if you don't innovate, it's gonna die. Yeah. So I think the tough part was getting everybody in my team's head as well as my head yeah. around right. all of these things going all the time, you know? And we set up a uh, a goal just under the boutique, okay, just under the boutique, not our, our parent company, to launch 25 projects this year, just wow. out of it, okay, wow. and we are well on track to do that, we're going to exceed it, but, you know, to get that, to, to put that in perspective, I mean, the shops in Regina and Saskatoon, that's yes. one, you know, that is one project, <laughs> and then awesome. that also has our pop-up, that yeah. has our e-commerce thing, that has all of these different things, so, I mean, I think the toughest thing is learning to do all of those things at the same time, launch them, then maintain them, then innovate to grow all at the same time with dozens of projects going all the time. 
Yes. Okay. So I'm trying to visualize in my mind because I'm a visual learner. What your project management system would even look like, right? Because there's so much going on. Because you basically, I feel like you're treating this retail space like a startup almost. It's like you're building, you're scaling. Okay. Once that thing is solid, let's go on to the next one. So. I guess this kind of leads into my other question is where do you see this collective in like five or even ten years because as you're speaking I'm like in my mind you will have all sorts of businesses all over this city that are just all under your team's umbrella so yeah. curious what your perspective is on that is that even the goal? Yeah 100% that's the goal you know to to see where it's at in five ten years like this actual concept yeah. I, it's going to be totally different I can tell you that. <laughs> Okay. And one thing that I think we're the best at is yeah. pivoting when we need to. Okay, like the pandemic hit, and I can tell you that all of our companies have grown collectively since then. But I can also tell you that that's been a lot of work to make that happen. And business isn't as easy now as it used to be. And I think wow. any business owner will tell you that. And you have to work harder, and you have to work smarter. Yeah, to make sure that you're being successful. There's so much success to be had regardless of the pandemic, almost yeah. because of it, yeah. but you have to be able to pivot very, very quickly and adapt to, you know, market conditions and what's going on and all of that. So, you know, to see where I'm going to be in five, ten years, I don't know, in terms of this business, I can tell you that the shop is going to be very different. My company is going to hopefully be bigger and we'll be doing lots of different things. What those things are, I don't know. Because, you know, sometimes it's like weekly, you're looking at totally different things. If something's not working, you've got to change. And, you know, that's a, that's a lesson I learned so early on. It's, it's a big mistake of mine because you don't want to just like fixate on, you know, what you originally came up with. And that's your business is your baby, right? And you just love it. And, you know, you love it even if it's not working, you know? And you just want to hold on to it. Even though it's not working, Going right? Yes. 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 So that's something that I learned, fortunately, early on. But I made that mistake, and that's how I learned. Wow. So yeah. now, you know, if something's not working, you just you change it up and you move on. You know, and you find something. You know, whether you change that that and move like make it work, or you do something totally different and make it work. We're very good at that. Yeah. So I think in five years this is going to be very different. But it's going to have a similar feel, you know, a similar feel to like just a fun, Instagrammable, you know, inviting space. That's what we wanted to create. Something that was just inclusive and nice that everybody felt good walking into. Something that was unique to the market, you know. And what I can tell you is, for example, you know, one of our products comes mainstream. We're going to change. We'll bring something new because we don't want to offer things that you can get elsewhere in this market. Got you know it. what I mean? So always different, always unique. Always different. Really your 100%. 100%. Because, and I think that's what we're known for in this market is bringing something that's new and exciting. Yes. And I think there's never been a better time to do it because nobody had anything to do during COVID, right? At so, all. Right. So yes. I mean, now to be able to, you know, go ride mopeds down the river bank and rent them for 29 bucks, you know? Pretty much everybody can afford that, you know, and it's a fun outing, it's something different, right? Yeah. So that's cool. They can come in here and you know 
for five bucks, get something that's cool, different to the market, you know, something that's authentic from whether it's Latin America or candies made in Spain and the Netherlands. Like you get something from all over the world, something yeah. that, that's unique to this market yeah. here. So I can tell you that, you know, we're sourcing different concepts that are coming in the fall and winter. We're sourcing one from Spain. We're sourcing another one from the UK. Yeah. And I'm excited to bring them here because you can't get anything like it here. You know, and it's so unique, and that's what, for me, makes it exciting. I also wanted to ask, do you think that you, as a team, might venture even into expanding globally, like into international markets? Is that a thought that has passed? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's so much opportunity that we haven't tapped within Canada and our market right now. So, I mean, that's definitely our focus. We're looking at five additional locations for the shop specifically right now, in other markets throughout Western Canada. And if it's working, we're going to keep innovating and growing. So I think we're going to kind of start with Canada for our physical retail location. E-commerce, we're already all over. You know, we ship five to eight hundred packages a day all over the world. We already do that. From this province? Yeah, from Saskatchewan. Wow. Yeah, like yeah. So we do that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, we do we do business all over the place, and we're going to continue doing that because there's so much opportunity. You know, for example, Saskatoon has what 250,000 people. Right. Canada has 35, 40 million people. Yeah. The states, for example, has 400 million. People, yes. Right. So the market so, is much bigger, and I can tell you from like an e-commerce front, that market is huge. I can tell you that we're seeing a lot of growth e-commerce wise in India. Um, so right. we're, we're looking overseas in different places that you know want our products and what right. we offer. So e-commerce wise, lots of growth. Physical locations, I think we're limiting them. The other thing that you know is important to us is quality. You know, and it's quality over quantity. Yeah. So you know, I want to be able to physically visit my storefronts right. you know, because I want to see. You right. know, sometimes how's it doing? How's it representing? How does it feel? You yeah. know, you walk in there. How does it feel? How is that consumer going to feel? walk in, you know, and I can tell you that, you know, I don't necessarily want to be on a plane all day, every day, so right. we can kind of limit it a little bit. It'll make your better. life easier. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you. I feel, I feel like you've shared so much value, and um, also for me as an entrepreneur, I'm just like, my world right now, I'm really inspired by this iteration. I'm, I'm used to seeing this kind of conversation in like tech. And like, I guess a bit e-commerce, but seeing it in a retail space, I feel like it's highly innovative, actually. And yeah, just incredible share that you've shared with our audience. I just have to ask you a final question, and thank you so much for sharing your journey, is what do you value the most about the position you're in today, the company you have, and, and where this opportunities, where these opportunities have led you, essentially? Thanks. Well, I worked hard to get here, and I can tell you what I value the most is to be able to like positively impact the people around me and their lives with you know what I have to offer. You know that's what makes me happy. Like of course I love our customers. I love all of that. But you know I work with a group and they're so amazing that I can you know give them opportunity and use my brain to kind of you know. I don't know, develop them and let them be as creative and as amazing as they want to be on a daily basis. And that's yeah. kind of what inspires me to be able to positively impact the people that are immediately around me. And really, so it's, it almost sounds like mentorship and the legacy of it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what mark are you leaving other people around you? 
I, I would say thank you so much, Ben, for sharing your story. Not only do I think it's valuable for my listeners, uh, I know I have some listeners in the States too, though, but even for our city, um, just to see how innovative and creative we can be as a city, and, and not to just do what we've always seen, but to think of how can we make this bubbling and awesome environment for all of us. So thank you for bringing some of that and already making a bit of that dent in our city and definitely looking forward to seeing more. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. <laughs>